Hi, man. Dave, it's a pleasure having this uh, discussion with you. Again, episode two, Traps. I'm John Kylar. Uh This is episode two of the Dark Matter Myth, Traps. So, uh... This this is uh this is this is a good one because I know you can speak to this a lot. You know, a lot a lot of the times when we think traps, we think uh duality, we think captivity, we think of uh even transgressions against us. But uh also when we think of traps, one of the biggest traps we all have to deal with are the limitations of the self. So uh, can you speak to the limitations of the self? Is there anything you can uh, speak from uh, your experiences about being trapped within your own personal limitations? Well, yeah, I mean, first of all, thanks. Thanks for having me back. Like, was not expecting that. I thought we were just going to have a conversation and uh, bullshit like we normally do. And was not expecting to be back, but thanks. You know, I appreciate that. When it comes to duality and fucking, you know, the traps you find yourself in because of your own ego. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's been a long learning journey experience and, uh, there's many, man. There's many. There's not only the mental traps that you find yourself in, there's also physical traps that, you know, you end up putting yourself in in the real world. Uh, would, would you uh, akin that to like uh, depression and uh, substance abuse or addiction? I mean, yeah, that, that would be one trap. Okay. And it's kind of like, you know, a snowball effect where, you know, one trap in your life could lead to another and then another. Those mental traps can really have a huge impact on, on how life happens around you. Yeah. You know, for example, like, you know, just to throw something out there, like most people, if not everyone, has some sort of a childhood trauma that they have to deal with. And mm. these sort of things have a lot of force in in your everyday decision making. So, you know, some people might grow up with these sort of things that are uh, haven't been dealt with and, you know, it could lead to bad marriages, it could lead to depression it could lead to uh drug addiction and incarceration you know just yeah you know traps come in all sorts of of different flavors and tones yeah you know one of the biggest traps i find myself in is uh a habit loop you know sometimes i gotta i gotta have that cup of coffee Yeah, exactly. You know, sometimes I got to have that cup of coffee right on the dot, you know. Then I got to have my breakfast. Then I got to, you know, wash my face and brush my teeth, you know. 
even though you know that's something uh that uh you know we do on a schedule and in it's in its own way it's it's a habit loop you know and and that's because we're doing it subconsciously and even though they're things that should be done I, I believe that we should even strive to break those habit loops, you know, perhaps making them 10 minutes earlier or, you know, drinking decaf instead, you know, is there, is there anything you could speak to that? Habit loops are a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there's a theory out there that says, I can't speak to who the author is or, give you specifics about it but you know along my my readings and, and, and studies came across a couple of uh, theories that talk about how um life in general existence and, and, and our perception of it all is primarily driven by habits mm. you know like have you ever thought about like you know it's a very common example where you know you find yourself in your car driving kind of going about your normal you know monday friday routine pull up to the parking lot and then you realize that it's actually saturday and when you got in your car you were actually you meant to go somewhere else <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah I've, I've been in all situations like that it's a habit loop and it's a habit that you know, it's a loop that, that you know, it's, it's been ingrained in your mind because it's just that regular doing the same thing type of thing. It goes back to also like the way you brush your teeth. If you, if you really pay attention to the way you brush your teeth on a day-to-day -day basis, certainly you do it in a, in a one specific way every single time. Hmm. <laughs> Like you might start off with like the top molars and then move on to the front teeth and whatever. It's it's a habit. So you know, because when you become more, when you start slowing time down a little bit more and become more aware of these habitual habit loops that are so ingrained into your everyday life, and you really pay attention to those, that opens up some sort of a mental space where you can begin to think about things deeper beyond just what's going on in the physical world and it's like how are like how does this relate to a lot of mental patterns that i operate under every single day yeah you know under that guys a lot of the times i get the uh <laughs> i i get the feeling like i'm a zombie sometimes in these loops and uh you know, at my lowest, I'm a zombie at, at and, you know, at my best, I'm, I'm just a robot, <laughs> you know, within these loops. But I find, like you said, um, if I'm able to slow time down, I'm able to grasp a little bit more of my reality to what I'm doing. And in between those slots, when I'm able to slow down my thinking mechanism, I, I like to interject a little bit of um, intent and deliberation. So I find if I'm able to 
have intention towards what I'm doing. For instance, oh, I'm going to reach for this cup right now. And if I reach for this cup, I'm going to use such, such, such and such fingers. I'll use four fingers and maybe the bottom of my hand, right? I'm doing this because I don't want to drop the cup and I'll put the cup down in the same manner in which I pick it up. You know, me using such deliberation or deliberate means to do anything, I find it limits the, uh, it, it's going to limit the probability of me really fucking something up because I fuck up a lot of things, bro. Like I'm, I'm prone to fuck ups and that's because I'm not thinking a lot. You know, I'm at my lowest self. I'm in my habit loop. And, you know, in this loop, I may lose my wallet. I may lose my keys. I may uh, drop my phone and not think about it, man. And so I think it's just best to use uh, intent, you know, vocally when uh, doing almost anything, getting in the habit of doing that. So we can break our habit loops. You know? Yeah. You know, that's why I think I find the um, the Japanese culture so interesting. Of course, you know, to the later part of the century, younger generations kind of getting away from the fundamentals and getting stuck in, you know, the rat race and these other habit loops that's why you hear about a lot about like businessmen jumping off windows yeah. because they can't take their you know workload anymore yeah. <laughs> but uh that's you know that speaks a lot to the the the, the ground that they stand on culturally you know if you really go back to the beginnings and what really um, Japanese Buddhism is all about talks about just that slowing time down focusing a hundred and billion percent mm. <laughs> on every single move that you're making at that very moment like that's why even in Japan like pouring coffee or making tea pouring tea the way that it all functions is, is a is an art yeah that actually very few people are able to master yeah from my understanding like uh in respects to the maker of their food they'll they'll even stop and sit you know as opposed to here in the west you know where we're, we're jamming a sandwich and a, and a hot dog down our mouth while we're you know fucking running a marathon you know but yeah, that's yeah, man. I think that uh, that that uh, positive intent is crucial because uh, you know, when we do things as our lowest self, when we do things in the vein of addiction or in the vein of violence and hatred, you know, one trap that we um, kind of put ourselves in 
is the the trap of like transitive violence you know in in a sense that you know hurt people hurt people and once you know you you set a uh you set a a karmic loop of uh hatred out to towards one person that hatred is going to find its way down the line eventually you know and you can see that in you know uh the lowest socioeconomical rungs of uh society you know you, you know uh alcohol addicted drug addicted parents they come home the father might beat the wife the wife may uh you know abuse the kids the kids abuse the kids you know what i'm saying i think uh i think that's something we need to be conscious of you know in order for us to break that habit loop <laughs> in order for us to you know be conscious of those traps we set yeah yeah man totally agree with you yeah but I think when it comes to, you know, those larger sort of societal, you know, habit loops, yeah. you know, we have to go a step deeper than, than, you know, kind of addressing the immediate problem. Like, okay, so for example, uh, there's an abusive situation all throughout the, the, the family tree, right? Mm-hmm. Father may have issues, so he takes it out on the wife, and the wife, like you said, moves on to, you know, mistreat their kids, or whatever the case may be, and then that translates to kids being bullies at school, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I guess a long time ago, I learned to take a step back and stop looking at the immediate situation. Mm-hmm. And, like that's kind of the way that our society works where they okay there's an abusive situation here we're going to send you know the state government in to take the kids away mm-hmm. and uh you know that, that's the big band-aid that you know we've <laughs> yeah turned into you know it's 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 a habit it's a societal habit loop that we're kind of addressing the wrong way with big band-aids i think we all need to take a step back and say okay really let's find the root cause of of what's going on here the situation yeah you know, let's, let's take a step back so the kids having issues at school um where does this come from okay the family in the situation all right well you know what's, what's the family situation you know abusive parents abusive father okay what's what has led these adults to continue to perpetuate those those loops? Yeah, well, that's their own unresolved shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, it's like, okay, let's help the, the parents. Let's help the, the adults come to terms with a lot of these demons that they deal with on a regular basis that have now become habit loops without their understanding. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, <clears throat> I, I want to speak to that. You know, growing up, I grew up in a, I grew up in a, in a home that was uh, plagued with, you know, alcoholism and, um, 
one of the things I witnessed as a little boy, you know, as, as, as someone who was helpless, you know, was, uh, I had a, I had a stepfather who was beating the shit out of my mother, you know, and I would, I would, you know, try to stand by, I would try to protect her. And a lot of it eventually played out in, in my personal life years later, you know, me watching, um, the blood beat out of this woman on a almost, you know, on a, on a consistent basis led to me being violent with others. You know, I had a violent streak as a, as a kid. I had, uh, you know, the neighborhood was a bit different, you know, the neighborhood, it was, it was Brooklyn in the eighties and nineties, but, uh, you know, it wasn't just us. So the entire neighborhood was going through the same thing. And, you know, you put these kids out uh, with unresolved anger issues on the street and, you know, it's a fucking recipe for disaster. But, you know, so, some of those uh, some of those things that I saw inadvertently, I passed down, you know, I passed down to family who was younger than me and, you know, they didn't. I didn't understand why at the time, but what was happening, it was uh, unresolved hatred being passed down into me and through me. And um, it would also play out after me and it would just continue to trickle down. It's like the gift that keeps on giving, you know anger hatred and you know it didn't start with me you know in hindsight you know once you take a step back you you realize like oh this didn't start with me this started ooh, three generations before me and i'm just now receiving it you know what i'm saying this this uh this began somewhere else but um you know in in a sense i was also um, I was trapped into that. And uh, I think in my attempts to free um, everyone involved, my attempts were just as extreme as... Um, the anger that flowed through me, you know, and I think I've I've set a trap in 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 that regard. I think uh, I've tried to trap people in using extremity to uh, break that loop, but instead. Um, I don't think people were ready for the extremity. And so I may have trapped them uh, inadvertently in a adjacent loop of anger, you know, but my intent uh, in doing so and trying people trying uh for people to bear witness to what's going on 
you know, using extremity uh, was always pure. But I guess you have to be on the same page I am. And sometimes my page is a little bit, uh, a little bit off, you know? Yeah. Is there, is there any, any way you can speak to using, uh, extremity to convince people to, uh, bear witness to something, to see themselves that they weren't ready for? Um, it's like, you know, when you only know one mode of operating and you're trying to, you know, figure shit out, you know, it comes down to the tools that you have available to you. You know, this is all you've seen and this is all you know around you. But you see beyond that, you try to, you know, apply the tools that you've been, you know, given to try to break out of it. But a lot of times those tools are not the best tools to, you know, help other people Mm. break out. You know, every, like I said, every single one of us is at a different point in their own journey. And, you know, if you're an apprentice and you're handed a a hammer, you know, you're going to hammer everything around you. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, if you are given the time for given, you know, the environment to really become an apprentice and, you know, I'll hand you to a, a hammer and show you what a hammer is for and when should you use it. But mm. then there's other times when, you know, it's easier to, you know, extract the nail with another tool instead of just hammering right back in Mm. yeah so i think you know a lot of breaking out of habit loops and you know traps that exist in this world of our own setting and of society you know it all comes down to education yeah you know that's why i feel so strongly about you know, not not education in the, in the formal way that we're used to. You oh, know, I, I understand absorbing it like through, yeah. you know, public education and none of that shit. Now, what I'm talking about is, you know, having more role models in society that have been through, you know, the the normal situations you you see, and and then coming out on the other end and and, and helping other people kind of figure out where they are in their growth and, and and teaching them how to use the right tools at that time yeah understood i understood you know uh i think you spoke about the you you mentioned society and i did want to kind of i did want to uh touch that topic a little bit you know because uh I feel like society sets a trap <laughs> to put it, you know, nice and nice and bluntly. But, you know, there's definitely a trap administered by society. And, you know, they come in a form of classism, comes in a form of education. 
comes in a form of old school redlining comes in a form of uh, racism comes in a form of chance where you're born you know um you know we spoke about a little bit of the journey your mom went on you know that was a trap and uh you know i don't want to make this about your mom or anything <laughs> as lovely as she is but um so i won't but um you know one of the greatest pressures of society I face is uh you know I I have this look to me you know I'm I'm such a mixture of ethnicities that uh people automatically assume I speak Spanish when I don't and I find myself apologizing <laughs> to strangers that I don't know that I don't speak Spanish you know as you should you are half Puerto Rican so get yeah. your shit together but let me let me listen <laughs> I was that Puerto Rican side man I was born into a trap over there you know my uh yeah I know I'm fucking with you you gonna break my heart don't fuck with me like that man nah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know my 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 uh my my grandparents over there they were alcoholics and uh dope users uh trickle that down uh the siblings which included i guess my father his brothers and sisters for the most part were crackheads and uh heroin users some of the children born into that side were uh you know i have cousins over there you know they, they were beautiful girls at the time but they were born to a mother who was a heroin addict and what happened was um you know uh, the mother would um develop hiv and die from aids and this entire time the cousins were raised by the grandmother you know but this wasn't unique by any means you know this was kind of the trap these young ladies were born into you know and their father was a a, a drug user not very productive uh one of them i got in contact with and she told me at the age of 15 she was kicked out and she was placed in a home and while she was in a home like they kicked her out it was it was such a mess man and while they kicked her out and she was in this uh shelter she was raped in a shelter you know like what does it say you know when you're born to someone they can't they can't take care of you they're not willing to take care of you and they discard you like a piece of meat and it leads to your sexual assault. You know what I'm saying? That's a disgusting trap that nobody should be born into. Yeah, these larger societal habit loops or habit loops that turn into traps, you know, there's, there's so many layers, so many different 
yeah, layers to it all. Because, you know, you were just sharing the story about this family member. And uh, she, damn, it's, it's tough. You know, she found herself in a specific habit, let's call it habit trap. And like I said, you know, when it comes to education, like you only know what is being, you know, shared with you. What is what the environment that you find yourself in is kind of, you know, building you with. So you only have those tools to try to, you know, cope and, and deal and, and try to do what you can to, you know, continue to live, basically, because that's what, I, what it is, you know. As a human being, you're just trying to live every day, yeah. have enough food, have enough sleep, have a shelter. Yeah. And uh, in society, you know, we find ourselves in different situations where, yeah, you, you might have your shelter, you might have your food, and you get to sleep. But once those, you know, fundamental things are taken care of, then the next stage of development comes in. And that's like, what is that environment really? What tools is that environment providing you with to, you know, continue to survive and, and make things better for yourself as a human being? Yeah. And when your tools are very limited, you know, it's the trap. It's the trap where that's all you have. Yeah. I agree, so, man. The next layer to that, I think, is, you know, society in general, how it has evolved to, to what it is right now, and all the different stratifications of wealth, you know, that all kind of plays into, into the, the larger picture and how that larger picture trickles down to, to the different parts of it all. Yeah. You know, at a societal level, you know, we have to think also about the history of where this country has, yeah, the history of the country and how we've gotten to be who we are right now. The funny thing about human nature is that, you know, whichever level of wealth and, and society you find yourself in, it's just human nature to try to use any advantage around you to perpetuate your perpetuate your you know your luck and become wealthier have a better living and try to do things better for the next generation right you know the higher up I guess you go up in the societal levels you're provided with better and better tools you know uh, speaking to uh, the idea of um one surroundings and uh using the tools of one surroundings you know and apply that towards you know just a everyday poor perception of what may be going around on certain lower perceptions and stuff like that i want to give an example and you know someone someone very dear to me you know when i was younger you know, they they made a statement and the statement was uh it it went something like, Man, you believe in heaven, you believe in hell? Well this is hell. We're living in hell. And 
I thought to myself, man, at the time, being so young, like, man, how can you say that? How can you say we're living in hell? But in hindsight, I understand that person was living through hell. And hell, like um, poverty, is a mind state. And I think we can choose the mind states we want we want to live at. We can choose heaven or hell. We can choose positive or negative. But sometimes, you know, we're so stuck in our own loop that we're unable to see past the horizon and everything is uh hellish. Everything is grim. Or on that note, the same person would um eventually down the line would tell me things like uh you know this isn't really related but i would i would get um memos like yo if i if i'm ever in a vegetative state just put a bullet in me right and i'm like what the fuck is this dude talking right vegetated like a, a vegetable anyway a couple years down the line homie was in a vegetative state you know what i'm saying trapped in his own hell how much of that was his own doing? You know, now some people would say that 100% was his own doing. Yeah, I agree. And that's kind of hard to say so bluntly, but you know, it, it absolutely relates to what we're talking about those mental habits, like habits and loops that we need to find a way to break ourselves out of. You know, they say that the predominant thoughts that you have in your mind throughout the day is what determines yeah your life you know uh you know what i wake up the first thing i say love right. <laughs> like love first thing i i got i say love and thank you because i know if i don't you know something else will fill that void you know i don't want to be trapped in whatever else may fill that void i don't want to be i don't want to be a, a zombie i don't want to be a parasite to others you know one of the worst things we can be just you know in his realm as people are parasites vampires you know one one of the things i saw while um witnessing someone I love being placed in a vegetative state was their inability to expand, their inability to respond to a stimulus, you know, their, their uh, lack of consciousness. So uh, within my hu human endeavor and, you know, this adventure I've been on, one thing I've been uh, experimenting with was um the the extents of my own consciousness how can i expand um is there any anything extrasensory um outside of my body any out of body experiences you know remote viewing fucking with tele telepathy you know i caught you earlier this week if i'm not mistaken you know um you know developing bridges and channels with people uh and uh relationships with uh greater beings be it god or you know 
the source? You know, is is there anything you could talk to in uh, that regard? Well, consciousness is fucking interesting subject to talk about, right? You know, there's so much to it, but I think the the greater majority of of that subject, that conversation, is experiential versus you know talking about it. You know different state of consciousness is is very subjective to to you know the 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 environment and how can you how easily can you you know um slow down the mind and put thoughts to rest and just let life be yeah yeah i think that that's that's kind of the practice right that's where like meditation comes in that's where like exercise comes in picking up new hobbies you know these sort of things that pull you from the day-to-day bullshit that your mind is constantly being subjected to and immerse you into into the situation into the, the now you know what i mean yeah like once once you develop a habit of, of, of doing that on a regular basis it becomes easier and easier to tap into that place where you can actually see and perceive other sort of states of mind yeah you know one of one of the uh most predominant states of mind i witnessed growing up was uh just that of depression you know i lived in a really depressed area uh there wasn't a lot of upward mobility you know there were there were homeless people everywhere. There were um, unemployed people. You know, I remember seeing people with like really big limbs from infection, you know, all over the place, man. And, uh, you know, when, when you're operating on that level, you're operating at your lowest consciousness, you know. You're, you're, uh, completely reactionary you know there's really not a lot of analysis going on when you're there and that sticks with me to this day you know consciousness is a trap also because a lot of people a lot of people don't um believe they're any more than what they experience on a um, physical level. And to me, that's the greatest trap of consciousness. Believing you're limited just to the flesh. Believing you don't extend past what you see in a mirror. And not only is this a trap, but it's um, destructive. You know, because it leaves a person with... um, the idea that there's nothing to work toward there's nothing to um build upon or thrive for why would you thrive forward if what i see can just be um covered up with makeup you know what i'm saying if if uh if the fix is completely superficial there's no purpose in digging deeper 
And I think that line of thought is a trap. Uh, can you speak to that? Yeah, it's, it's a trap. If you think about the evolution of human beings and just the cyclical nature of how things operate, and that's particularly, you know, you can see that a lot, especially in the way that societies and humanity kind of go through like different mental states like you know we think back back to the very early times when people were very in tune with nature you know and things were not as hectic and as many things being thrown at you like your mind was not as you know bombarded with information and you actually had some time to like kick back and enjoy nature you know kind of be more in the timeline with how things really evolved back in those days there was there was a huge understanding of the fact that we don't just operate in the, in the physical world there's multiple different you know places that you, i don't want to say places but more like experiences multiple different realities that you can experience at your choosing mm -hmm. and uh, you know as you know the industrial re revolution steps in and you know people are confined to cities and then there's a lot more noise there's a lot more um, data being thrown at you a lot more responsibilities and, and more and more complex jobs that require more of your attention you know, that just kind of becomes a, a habit loop and people fall into a lower state of mind, a lower state of being. Again, because that ability to connect with reality is, is being fogged by all the extra information being thrown at you. Then, you know, it seems like after that, after an extended period of time, there's a point of reintegrating or going back to the basics like the different renaissance periods that you know we've seen mm -hmm. and those those periods are known for just a lot of creativity coming through human beings a lot of you know thinking outside of the you know things that have been established in the society just kind of pushing the boundaries and and thinking beyond And again, that goes on for for a period of time, and then society goes back into the dark ages where <laughs> so uh, it's not as easy. Uh, a period like this after COVID, uh, would you liken this to a, a renaissance of its own? I think that the, our society was going through a period of darkness, you know, kind of a dark age sense to it, and. COVID, in fact, to me was a, a blessing in disguise. You know, I think a lot of people, or all of us, were forced to spend an extended period of time kind of slowing things down. And that opened up the door for a lot of people to start, you know, kind of questioning things and seeing things from a different perspective. Some people were ready for it, others were not. And, you know, I think the people that were not 
are the ones that you hear saying that the fucking COVID uh, shutdown and everything that's been going on is fucking, uh, you know, it's mm. fucking up their lives. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, you know, COVID was also a big trap. Uh, it was a trap in a sense that um, it forced people to live with their decisions. <laughs> You know, if if you weren't making good decisions before COVID, um, it was the great um, exponential force in in terms of you having to really dive into the choices you made at home. Some of us were great, and some of us uh, ended up in jail. <laughs> um, so uh, I guess I'll use this opportunity to talk about the upcoming issue. Um, and that's going to be uh, issue number two, Trapped. Uh, in it, I got a couple tales. I tell uh, three separate tales through three verses. And, uh, you know, they're, uh, they're stories. Uh I think uh, are integral to um, not only our history, but um, our personal relationships. You know, some uh, sometimes when we deal with uh, toxic people, when we're dealing with uh, addictive personalities, you know, or when we're dealing with uh, people with our power complexes, I think... Um, these three tales kind of play into um, what we've been talking about and um, just broad broad topics um, that are integral to society that I will be touching upon you know the first um, the first tale is going to be a tale of invading aliens you know I have uh space aliens who in, invade and in turn to keep the people out what do the people do they try to build a wall <laughs> they try to build a wall to keep the aliens out you know um i wanted to use that angle because you know we we've seen that line of thought within you know our own history here you know um uh, I also touch up on a little bit of colonialism, colonialism. Exactly. Thank you. You know, I've been having a hard time saying that word, you know, I'm supposed to be the, the MC. Isn't that funny? But, you know, I wanted to, to, uh, talk to the, uh, indigenous peoples of this earth. So I, you know, kind of have a, a little montage to those people, the people of the Americas, the people of, uh, certain Middle Eastern countries, the people of Africa, you know, I kind of speak to that. And then I speak to the mindset of um, people who feel their power uh, is being infringed upon. A certain level of, uh, you know, a sway in a power dy dynamic. And I kind of speak to that, but I don't speak to it in a uh, respectful tone 
<laughs> as I feel it shouldn't be respected upon. Because at the end of the day, I feel people are equal. And the trap that we're into is the trap of classism, the trap of um, humanity being sub subordinate or lesser than humanity. And that really doesn't make sense to me. Uh, Dave, can you help me out here? So, like you mentioned before, like this, this is the first time we talk about on record, um, kind of in between the, the stage of like putting your art out there and, and you know, just this kind of like creative process. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> I haven't seen the, the fucking magazine yet. I haven't seen the illustrations and I'm just kind of going off on a limb here. But as you're, you're kind of uh, narrating the story you're putting out there next, um, you know, paint the picture for me a little bit better, man. I need to know how these aliens relate to colonialism and <laughs> back to the power struggle. Okay. Paint that for me a little bit better. Well, you know, I, I, I look at you and your last name is Duque. I look at me. My last name is Ramirez. And, you know, for the most part, I guess, you know, the Taino Indians and whoever your people might, might've been, be it the Inca or the Maya. Um, It'd be interesting to find out. Yeah. Um, they were infringed upon by settlers from Europe. And, um... Which, by the way, may have seemed like fucking aliens coming over. Yeah. When they first saw the, like, the Europeans. Exactly. You know. I was told a tale of um, how some of the Incans believed the, uh the Spanish settlers were gods because they rode horses and they never seen a horse. You know, there's, there's, there's that tale. And, you know, I thought it's, I, I thought it's just interesting. I, I, I wanted to kind of put all the peoples who have kind of been, um, affected in, within a diaspora of, um, colonialism. But yeah, if you if you think about it, what if what if like a bunch of spaceships just flew down from the heavens right now, and uh, you know what would people's reaction be? <laughs> People will definitely feel like you know they were trapped. They were trapped by the lies of religion and um, the elite. Then they would be they, they would be trapped by their own humanity, understanding their limitations and how much they actually didn't know. You know, humans, we like to believe we're the top of the food chain in all respects. And that ignorance, that ego is a trap. Yeah. Initially, what do you think people's reaction would be? It'd be like anger or like fucking fear or today it would be it would be re they would re reject the idea. They would reject the idea, create their reality, and continue on going.
going to work and stuff. That's what I believe. With a big ass fucking spaceship hovering over everyone's house? Well, um, don't look up. <laughs> All right. You know, That's you, interesting. you saw that movie. Did you see it? Netflix? I mean, there's a bunch of movies, right? <laughs> yeah, well, there's a new movie out on Netflix with uh, DiCaprio. And it's called Don't oh. Look Up. And it's about a comet headed to Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it'll play out just like that movie, man. People won't want to look up. Same way people don't want to look in a mirror. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I think there's a pretty good population of the Earth that's going to not look up for sure. I also think that, yeah, there's going to be a lot of civil unrest. But what, what, the what, entire fabric of society and reality is gonna fucking break down. That's fine. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it'd be that bad, man. To be honest, I'm. 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 I'm not uh, pessimistic in this regard. I think people will just continue to go forth, man. People are already in their loops. You know, the worst. The worst thing you can do is uh, make 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 people witnesses to their own loop. Or the hardest thing, rather, the hardest thing to do is make people witnesses to their own loop. And then, uh, you know, you you interject an alien species in there. A lot of people won't accept it. You know, that's just my belief. I would I would I would hope is I I hope people uh, start lighting shit on fire. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That's what I would hope. But, uh, you know, my my understanding of humanity is has grown has grown bleak <laughs> you know people are more connected than ever but people are also more polarized than ever too so that's what i think i think the you know the magazine paints a pretty good picture of that mm-hmm. you know with the aliens coming down to earth and just disrupting everything at the end of the day you can't just like pull up and not you know have any ripple effects i agree i mean don't get me wrong these these aliens are are destroying though you know the ones the ones in a book but uh in real life where are these aliens coming from wherever they want to come from (laughs) you know there's no set there's no set there's no set uh, i just think about things way too much (laughs) yeah but what i do you know i i'm gonna I'm 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 uh, expanding dialogue to uh, parallel some of history in in this regard. So with aliens, I'm going to have a discuss discussion about um, South Africa, and South Africa is is a a very uh, inflamed place, and its history is very very inflamed. Are you familiar with the Sudalanders of of South Africa? No, I'm not. Well, the Sudalanders are like a paramilitary survivalist force, and their um, creation came in uh, the early 2000s, and this follows uh, a, a history of apartheid in South Africa. So South Africa was under apartheid for about 40 years, up until 1994, So from the 60s to the 90s, um, they were under a system of uh, 
oppression. Oppression, state-sanctioned racism and oppression for black people. Now, black people were the extreme majority in this country. We're talking, uh, let's say, 80%, right? But the minority of 20% and less were white people. They were Dutch settlers and British settlers. And um, they controlled the laws of the country in South Africa. So with that being said, it was illegal to marry black people. It was illegal to give black people certain jobs. It was illegal to uh, have biracial children. This small minority kept the majority in subjugation. So Nelson Mandela gets elected to president, 1994, things change. Uh, the remnants of uh, a portion of the, the society, the wider society, believed that there was a white genocide coming. So they began preparing for a white genocide. And they would do things like um, hoard food, you know, hoard rations, hoard weapons, uh, perform extensive drills around a countryside, meet at checkpoints, things like this. So um, this notion of white genocide coupled in together with um, Christian prophecy and you, you, you get a, a small extremist group like the Sudalanders who um, were resistant to the, the, the power change, which was aimed more directly towards equality than inequality. And, you know, the phenomenon isn't localized. It's, this is a phenomenon that plays on around the world when um, a majority group that's in power starts to lose power and things become more fair for um, everyday people. It's interesting how, I mean, to me, when I think about these sort of things, it's like how, what's, how do you go about being a minority and taking completely control over, you know, a, a situation? You know, usually throughout history, you know that numbers is what really scales things in your favor when it comes to property ownership. At some point in society, like, it got to the point where, like, that flipped. Like, if you can leverage certain fundamental principles, you can, you know, kind of sway the, the, the bar in your direction with very little physical power you know i would uh i would agree to that you know i i feel whatever mechanism they used as a minority in this particular country is definitely what i want to bring attention to because if it was used there it will be used somewhere else throughout history um in that respect and in that regard that is a little bit what I'm trying to do here. That is a portion of um, humanity's flaws and humanity's uh, subservience to p 
power that I want to uh, bring attention to. Um, yeah, and I think that that's, that has a lot to do with just the mentality of people. So, for example, like when the Europeans and Spaniards, you know, came over to South America or the Americas, like you said before, like some people believe that they were gods. In reality, are they? I mean, history shows that no, that's not the case. But those those people that became oppressed did have a certain level of fear and respect because they thought they were God. You know, fear you is fear God. is fear is a catalyst for everything. Fear is the opposite of love the opposite of love isn't hate the opposite of love is fear you know and what i do and a lot of the things i may say may seem as if it's meant to elicit fear and or anger but in reality what i'm trying to do is elicit Love, <laughs> if that makes sense, because right on the other end of the spectrum is uh is love from fear. So I just wanted to make that a note um, to anyone listening out there. If uh, through any of my works, any of my statements, if uh, you were elicited fear please take a step back and understand what I am pushing in reality is love. On that note, um, I think this is a strong place to wrap it up. This has been John Kailar, your host with my compadre and brother from another mother. Dave Duque. Dave Duque. It's a pleasure, Dave. Uh, thanks for coming out. Thank you for your insight. And uh, much love.